0: Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria back with you. Uh, six rounds in the book and we've reached the fever break. That's one third of the NBL season done and dusted. Teams, a little chance to take a breath, a little exhale before they ramp up for the rest of the season. And for us, it's a chance to kind of assess the state of the nation. Who sits where, what needs to happen and how things are going to play out from here. And help me do that, I've got Damon Lowry. On the show, NBL champion, of course, a colleague of mine on the NBL broadcasts, and uh, a man who knows what he's talking about. So sit back, relax. Up next, Damon Larry. Damon, what's happening, man? Leo, my man. What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. That fever window, the fellas are going to put on the green and gold and you're getting into the mood.
1: I'm ready to go, man. I'm in my yellow. I'm representing my Australia stuff and uh, it's time to get into it.
0: That's gold, baby. That's not yellow. That's green and gold. Green and gold. You know, I was
1: was busy in the off season a little bit, you know, using your tax dollars to go over there and try to make history. So... (laughs)
0: Money well figured out,
1: Why? Why just leave it in the drawer? Might as well just wear it around.
0: I love it. I love it. Hey, listen. Um, we're gonna play a little fact or fiction today All on right? the huddle. I'm gonna bring to you a bunch of statements. They may or may not represent my opinion on things. You'll have to make that assessment as you go. But your job to get us tipped off with each of these topics is to tell us whether that's fact or fiction and explain why. You ready?
1: I'm ready. Estoy listo.
0: The Adelaide 36ers had to move on from Craig Randall. There was no other option.
1: One million percent fact. Why, you ask? (laughs) Because this dude ain't a team guy. I saw it straight away. I, I was not gassed up by the whole thing that happened in Phoenix. Wasn't gassed up. As soon as I saw his very first game on Australian soil, I said, that guy is not with them other guys. And you can't get all, you can't romanticize the, the scoring, the outbursts and the, the deep 30-footed, the 30-foot J's and all that stuff. Because you can just tell, if you get a guy like this, he will derail and submarine your team. It's only a matter of time. So they had to move.
0: It's a shame because I think, he may be the most talented player to ever be cut or or fired by an NBL team mid-season. I mean, there have been obviously talented guys over the years. A guy like Sean Redditch comes to mind. Geez, didn't he turn into an unbelievable player? Wasn't playing particularly well at the time for New Zealand. A guy like Perrin Buford four or five years ago with Brisbane was an MVP candidate in many respects. And yet he was a guy who wasn't with those other guys and Brisbane told him to move on and go elsewhere and and with Craig Randall for me it's it's tricky it's not tricky it's it's a shame because the talent is incredible and when things are going well and I saw this with my own eyes Damon in in the states at their practices at their shootarounds when things are going well he's actually a great teammate in that he brings really good energy. He's up and about, and he's competitive. He brings a good vibe to practice and to shoot around and the like. But any, as soon as things turn bad, as soon as there's some adversity, and there always will be, across a season, within a game, at all times, he, he feels like the world is against him, including his teammates, including his coaches, and things go pear-shaped from there. You
1: hit it on, you hit it on the head. When things are going your way, when it's all rainbows hanging over your house, you know, bubble gum got flavor in it still. Of course, everything is sweet. You're a great teammate. But that's not the test of a great teammate. The test is how do you respond when things don't go your way, when your bubble gum gets a little bit stale? Now, how do you respond? Talent is so overrated. I have learned this, man, over the last couple of years more than ever. It is all about recruiting. C.J. got to take some responsibility because in C.J.'s mind, he probably thought, "But well, last year I didn't get to pick that team. Mm-hmm. I'm picking this team. And he took, he, he took a flyer on this guy. He mm-hmm. got gassed up by the talent. Talent is overrated. You say he might be the most talented guy to ever get sacked. What are you getting sacked for? Just goes mm-hmm. to show you, talent is mm-hmm. not enough. So I'm glad it finally came to a head because we got to get players made of the right stuff. Tazzy Jack Jumper, high-character guy stuff.
0: Mm, yeah. And look, it's also it also speaks to like the culture that exists here in Australia and in Australian sport, right? And Scott Roth has made a big thing about this. He said, I studied the culture here and it's all about what kind of a teammate you are, how much buy-in you have, all those types of things. And he said, that's why I'll take 10% less talent for 10% more character. Um, in CJ's defense. So here's what's happened with, with CJ with this with this kid. You're right. The talent, 28 points per game. With the G League, people probably don't know the Long Island Nets. They asked him to, to step away from the team for the last part of that season, despite how unbelievable he was playing in many respects. But he, he got him cheap in, compared to the level of talent. And I think he looked at his roster and he was like, I have so many really solid dudes on this team. Mitch McCarron and Daniel Johnson and Robert Franks and Antonius Cleaver, Sunday Detch like really strong, high caliber guys who are going to circle around this kid and show him the right direction. But in fact, it, it became too difficult. Uh, Those guys actually were started to, there was a point where one of them reached out to a former teammate of Craig Randall's recently saying, what can we do? to help bring this guy into the fold and make this work. And I will say, having watched closely with, with that team in the States, again, man, CJ tried really hard with this kid, really hard. Tried to be the big brother, the, the player coach, the arm around the... He tried absolutely everything he could to make it work, but it didn't.
1: It does It, it never works. People don't change. You... We, we get... We, we think... We overestimate our ability. People only change when they think there's something wrong with them. You think this guy's going to change his whole thing just because some dude he never met before and Bruton says, hey, man, why don't you come on board? He don't care about that. He's like, man, just where's my, where's my shots? Just give me my shots, man. I don't want to hear all the other stuff. Mm. People don't change. Trust people to be who they are
0: and leave it at that. Yeah, not, not quickly. People change over time, Damon. Like, you know, Perrin Buford, I mentioned before. Yeah. am pretty sure, is it? Uh, Paul Hanare coach has been coaching him in yeah. Japan. And I'm like, wow, you've got Perrin Buford. You, you, went, you went there? And he's like, mate, he's very different now. He's actually a really good team. Still the same really good player. But over in Japan right here is a great teammate and I love coaching.
1: Look how much time has passed. Mm. Look what has happened in between then and now. Mm-hmm. It's different. Mm. You know what I mean? Now, yes, people can change. Obviously, people can change. But I'm saying, this Craig Randall, he was the same guy at Long Island Nets and Adam Payport said, no nah, man, you ain't worth it. Mm. He went straight from there to here. And mm. CJ bought that headache and thinking, okay, well maybe a different voice, maybe a different style, no, 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 that's the same guy. This dude needs to go off somewhere and, I don't know, figure himself out, have no job, maybe for a couple seasons, maybe then he'll start to look internally that he is the actual problem and that he's not the victim.
0: So so fact or fiction, Craig Randall will never play in the NBL again. Fact. Ain't worth it. It's a shame. He was very fun to watch when things were going well. (laughs) All right, how about this? There is no way anybody is beating this Sydney Kings squad in a three or a five-game series.
1: I'm going to say, are we talking about with the healthy Xavier Cooks? Yes sir. Ah, uh, I got to go. Man, I'm going to I'm going to say fact. But I'm telling you, I would not be surprised if New Zealand ground them down or Cairns Taipans managed to go like this for 40 minutes. <laughs> they got the firepower to do it.
0: Hold so, on. So is it fact or is it fiction? Come
1: on, all man. All right. All right. Let's let's go with fact for sake of argument because man they're impressive. They are so impressive. They are deep at every position. They play the right way. They got got championship DNA and they want to repeat. They don't have high uh, maintenance guys. None of them guys are high maintenance. You got a Jordy Hunter who's just happy to be playing again. Tim Suarez, that's like a two-headed monster, up and down, it doesn't matter, they cover each other. They do it by committee. Xavier Cooks is just Xavier Cooks, he's just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You got your rock solid defensive backcourt, you got Justin Simons who just takes pride in playing D and just mm-hmm. pitched in where he can. His offensive game has expanded.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I got them, even though I said Adelaide early because I got gassed up too, Kings.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, what has been terrific about Sydney? All those guys you just said, Cooks and Vasiljevic, and D- D- we knew Derek Wilder Jr. was going to be what he is. The Justin Simon and Tim Suarez, for me, have been the thing that's been brilliant about Sydney so far. They're my two question marks coming in, you know, like, having Xavier Cooks and Justin Simon on the floor together, what was going to happen to the spacing? Because we saw that with with Cooks and Jay Sean Tate sharing the floor together at times. And in that final series against Melbourne, where they sat off those guys and, and made life really difficult um, for uh, everybody else. Um, Became no good. And Xavier Cooks actually went to Will Weaver for Game Three and said, "Bring me off the bench to fix all of this." But Simon's really improved. He's improved. He's he's worked. It's not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but he's shooting a high percentage from the free throw line, and he's actually shooting the ball reasonably well from the perimeter. And he's got a good sensing of where his spacing needs to be. And Xavier Cooks is just a wrecking ball and an absolute terror. To play against, so you combine that with Tim Suárez, who I think has been more than what I expected him to be. I thought he was just going to stretch it and hold his own down low, but he's mobile. He's catching it in transition, striding to the hoop, soaring above the rim. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm going to go generally- fiction just because wild things can happen in the finals sometimes, and in a three-game series against, you know, a team that could get hard or a New Zealand team, like you say, that might be able to grind them down. Uh, I've seen wild things happen before and they can happen again. But if you, there's a gun to your head and you had to get a right to save your life, you'd be betting on the city. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. It's a shame because it kind of, maybe you end up, and have answered my next one. Both Cairns, both, both Cairns and New Zealand are genuine championship contenders. Absolutely.
1: They are, the final four, as far as I'm concerned, is set. Set. Cairns, it's I, I, everybody's playing for fifth and sixth. Most I think people are really playing for sixth, but cans have already proven all you need is enough firepower and they underrated defensively. They are underrated defensively. And then when you add in the fact that sometimes, like the old Adelaide 36s from the early 2000s, their offense is like their defense as well. If they could put enough scoreboard pressure on, they hit they come down here four threes in a quarter. Five three get hot all of a sudden, and now you got to play catch-up. A lot of teams don't play catch-up very well. So I think as long as they stay healthy, they are absolutely a puncher's chance to make some noise. And they went on the road. They don't, they're not scared of where they go. They're playing with the belief. And I don't think Adam Ford – well, I, I should, let me take that back. What Adam had last year couldn't work. It just couldn't work. Adam Ford, I think, is the same guy a year later, but he is retooled. Mm-hmm. He's got the right kind of guys that's brought in, and he's got the style of guys that's brought in.
0: Man, they won one Keanu pinned a rolled ankle away from losing a whole bunch of games in a row.
1: We, hey, everybody's their best player away. Like, that's why I said about Xavier Cooks. No. no everybody.
0: No. Nah. Sydney will continue to win games without Xavier Cooks. Maybe not the title, but they'll continue to win games. The Taipans are really shallow at that five spot. They it's, are. It's they Keanu, are. and then it's Sam Wardenberg, and then it's I'm sorry, no one. And Wardenberg is an undersized five when he's in that spot. Now, again, you're They're right. Not, I mean, and DJ, DJ Hogue, What is he? He's a small. He's a small forward who can play the four.
1: We just saw the United play in, in, in slaughter the Phoenix with one big only sometimes on the floor. So. <laughs> It don't matter that you're five. If David Barlow can play five in stretches, so can can Wardenberg, and so can DJ.
0: True. And that small ball lineup was a massive problem for the Phoenix um, because, yeah, Alan Williams didn't want to come out to where Dave Barlow wanted to live. Yeah. Um, I love what both those teams are doing. I'm all in on New Zealand. Lock them in. Championship contenders. I'm not quite there yet with the the Taipans. um adam ford's mm-hmm. a coach of the year candidate right now without a shadow of a doubt and like yep. what you said there the way you yep. recruited he told me leading into the season he said liam this better work or it's going to show i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> i'm all in i'm all this is my squad i put this squad together and they're playing defense yep. the way he wants them to play he's keeping them accountable they're all bought in canon yep. scott off the bench to jim McCourt. they're like whatever whatever you want coach we're happy to do what it needs to be um yep. it's they're living and dying a little by the three, which worries me because in the bump and grind of the playoffs, sometimes you're not getting those kind of looks that, that you know, when things slow down a little bit in the playoffs. So that worries me, but but we'll see. They've been very fun to watch. All right. How about this? Melbourne need to replace not one, but two imports during this fever break. Fiction.
1: And here's why because Rashad Tucker is, ate so much. Hum- sorry, <laughs> Rashad. Our flashbacks from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Rashad Tucker. No, he Ray John. ate. Sorry, Ray John twice in a row. Ray John Tucker. <laughs> Come he on, is man. Eating so mu- <laughs> he has eaten so much humble pie Yep. that I'm surprised he can still elevate like he can. But he has now worked out over time. You know what? Let me just redefine myself in this team because I want to keep a job. I want to keep a job. I think I like living in the, the world's most livable city and he can come off that bench and he can affect the game. He rebounded out of sight. This small ball lineup truly suits him. Get him in some dribble handoffs some dribble waves. Next thing you know, he's going downhill and good things happen. So the way he's accepted his new role, it's got me. That's why I'm going to because I'm happy to keep him now. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they need another guy.
0: They need a big. They need a five to, to help out Isaac Humphries down low. And unfortunately, that's probably going to be the Jordan Caroline situation. The Ray John Tucker one intrigues me because I agree with what you're saying. I just keep on hearing DJ Newball for some reason. <laughs> now, I haven't dug deep into it. I looked up... I looked my man up on Real GM and it looked like he played his last, his team's last game that they played in Japan. So I'm like, hold on. Is he on a roster? Is he being released? I haven't gone and asked too many people, too many questions, but I keep hearing DJ Newball linked to Melbourne United. And it only really seems to make sense in that Ray John Tucker spot. So we will wait and see.
1: Let's wait and see. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, this one is a, maybe a little bit of a, a chance for you. I don't know if you've heard these comments or read these comments, but I'm giving you here a little kind of right of reply. A little right uh-huh. of reply. This was Dean Vickerman, and his comments on SEN yesterday with Andrew Gaze and Andy Ma, calling for a more positive approach from the media towards the NBL. All right, here we go. He said we see Corey Williams as a viewpoint has a viewpoint to say, "Yep, I've got to be controversial." Now we've got Damon Lowry doing the same thing. It all comes back to social media and mental health and people just trying to get clickbait by making crazy comments. So when he was then asked if he thinks this kind of opinionated analysis adds to the game, and he said, I don't know. I'd like to see a better balance about having more coaches in commentary where they can talk more about the analytics of the game, not about this guy is bad tonight, so let's get on him. I just want to see a far better balance about finding the positives in our basketball, the great product we have on the floor. And if we play poorly, I expect people to criticize my team. If we have 20 turnovers and go down by 25 points, that's going to happen. That's a part of the sport, but I'd love to see a better balance. So here's the statement. The NBL broadcast needs more balance between positive and negative commentary, as well as a more nuanced analysis of the game.
1: Right. Well, that's um Dean is clearly welcome to his opinion. Um, and I I totally respect Dean. Like I, I got no problem with Dean. What I have a problem with is we have a job when we all sit down and watch sport, we watch sport not like a general manager, not like an owner. We watch sports like a fan who and we former players we have opinions that, that former players had. And when we see things, it's we don't, we are not gonna not say it. Now, we can sit there and kind of fluff around and kind of make it kind of smooth, but that's not how it feels. So I think we will come across as disingenuous
0: mm.
1: if we say something along the lines of, yeah, you know, the United lost about 25 the other day to Cairns with, with only six players. That's okay, though, because I know over time, I'm sure they'll figure it out. No, that was garbage. And fix it. And I tell you what, you want the positive spin? As soon as it's fixed, I'm the one that's going, hey, there it is. They turned the corner. Now it's a new ball game. Same thing I said last year about the Phoenix. I said the Phoenix, those guys are cooked. And all of a sudden, I'm back on there going, hey, I'm back on. And Corey does the same thing. Corey hops on trains, hops off trains. I apologize last year on the crossover show to Dean, because I said that he was, you know, and sometimes you do say some cheeky stuff. I'll get that to you. Mm-hmm. I said that he was playing defense last year on JLA. Only that, only guy that can stop him. Little things like that is tongue is tongue-in-cheek. Right. But I'm also the first guy to say, hey, that's my bad. But you know what, but this is but this is real though. Like so to balance it out, I don't feel like that's um, that's what I, I should be doing. I feel like if it's 80-20 negative, which you're producing on the floor, that will reflect my commentary.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And I think you know it was interesting. Andy Ma, was he was saying, look, if we do stink it up, then fair enough, that comes with the territory. But it was interesting. Andy Ma thrown into that conversation, saying, look, I don't know. The game seems really healthy. The interest in the game seems really healthy right now. Adelaide just set a record crowd. Had nine thousand plus. Perth has nine thousand on a Thursday night the sold out sign was on the door at John Kane arena. There's big audiences right now on the TV. And surely part of that is a comes from all the different commentary and opinion and analysis that's brought to the table and people are going to bring different approaches, right? I'm going to come at it a certain way. You're going to come at it a certain way, Drewy, this guy and the next, um, I don't know. I feel like you want balance. I think that the crew right now of, the, of those of us that are on the call have balance. Um, So, and if you, if you have everybody doing the same thing, then you don't have that balance that you're kind of looking for. Correct. Correct. All right. How about this? Tazzy who ranks stone cold motherless last in pace (laughs) and pride themselves on their grit and grind style, play beautiful basketball.
1: Basketball at its purest it is gorgeous to watch. I don't care if they average 75 points a game. I don't care. We have been we have been this new era of basketball. When I say new era, let's go back, say, a decade, mm-hmm. where it used to just be you have a couple studs and a whole bunch of role players. And then it's kind of flipped it. Now it's equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have to run any set plays. We can just run this, this, these concepts and all this kind of stuff. What I love about the Jack jumpers and what Scott Ross has put together is, A, he recruited out of his mind. He recruited high character guys. He would, uh, Craig Randall would never, ever be in his thought process after one conversation. Mm-hmm. So tick number one. Tick number two. You guys are professional basketball players. You guys are thinking the world revolves around you. Let's go to work in the Apple factory. Let, don't you notice people getting up nine to five? Tick Tick number three, accountability. I don't care if you're the Russian next star. If you ain't playing defense, you ain't playing right here. I'm I'm not going to just pay lip service to my values. A -hmm. whole bunch of coaches, and a lot they can get in press conferences and say all the right things, and then you look Mm -hmm. up and see that same guy playing 28 minutes a game. Not Mm -hmm. Scott Roth. Accountability is a real, live, breathing thing with this guy. And then the way they play on the court together. Who's their best player? Okay, Jack McVay. Some days he is. Some day it might be R. Kelly. Someday it might be Josh Majek. Does it matter? They don't care. You talk yeah. about a team genuinely happy for the next guy? Mm-hmm. This is rare in sports. There's always somebody pouting on the bench. On, I don't care what, what the code is, but not this group. He has put something together. It's beautiful. Mm. I want nothing but the best for him. Mm. And if things go their way with a couple of breaks, they could be the champs.
0: Breach. Mm, I just soaked that all, all, all of that up. I I couldn't agree more. And when you're watching the Jack jumpers, Don't worry about the score. I know you want 90 plus or 100 plus and you want everybody getting up and down and knocking down shots. Just appreciate the way they go about it at both ends of the floor. Appreciate the fact that they, they compete, they're intelligent and they're connected defensively. Appreciate the fact that they control the pace to their advantage offensively and appreciate the fact that they move the ball in such a beautiful way. And like you said, they really don't care who puts that thing in the bucket, as long as it's guys wearing a green jersey and two points or three points goes up on the Jack Jumpers score. And when you, when you start to just look at this team from that perspective, it's a beautiful thing. And it takes you back to the Wildcats five or six years ago with Damian Martin and Matt Knight. And yeah, they were bumping and grinding. And it, they, the, the, the Jack Jumpers talk about playing in the mud. And they drag Mm. the game into the mud. And if you just can get over that idea that it needs to be high scoring for it to be good, Mm. you can start to get to a place where you really appreciate what the jack jumpers bring to the table.
1: Spot on. Absolutely.
0: All right. Ryan Brockoff is Southeast Melbourne's most important player.
1: No. Fiction. Reason why. He hasn't played a whole lot of basketball in the last year and a half, right? He is clearly a talented guy who played out of position last year for the help, for the betterment of the team because they was, you know, they were short. Ron, a healthy Ryan Brokoff who can stretch the floor, shoot the lights out, also can re- rebound. He is a key piece. Mm. But the most important piece on that team, that's Mitchell Creek. That's Horsham's own Mitchell Creek. <laughs> the, 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 they go as far as he takes them. Now, it's great they also added a pure point guard in my man Gary Brown. Yes. No disrespect to Kyle Adam. Great impact off the bench. Great. You know, can do a lot of, lot of guard things. Great. But Mitch Creek, man, he is going to accumulate enough points that he's going to keep the scoreboard ticking over. He's going to defend. He's going to rebound. He's going to pitch in here and there on the rebounds, a few assists. But he's the emotional leader. Mm. He's the guy that holds guys accountable. He's the guy that when you look up and you, we about to go to battle, where's Mitch? Is he with us? Yep. You mm-hmm. better believe it. Mitch is actually out in the front. So he is, they only go as far as him.
0: Yeah. Um, here's my view on that. I, I agree. Fiction. Mitch Creek is their most important player because as long as Mitch Creek is playing, they're always going to be in the mix. They're going to be there, mm-hmm. a chance to be a playoff team and, and in the mix. He, what, with these other guys, these really important pieces like Gary Brown and Trey Kell and Ryan Brockoff's a very important one of those. They can potentially put him over the top and become a, and be a championship contender and be a, perhaps a championship winning team. But if you take Mitch Creek out of that, I don't even I'm not even sure they could be in the mix. So I, he's the fulcrum around which that whole team pivots. I agree. Brisbane should replace Devondrick Walker with a point guard.
1: Hmm. Fact. Now, and here's my reasoning. They've already got the front court rock solid. Tyrell Harrison, Baines, Frawley, great. I like the mid-range, I like the forwards, I like DJ Mitchell. I like, in the way they playing on the perimeter, Tanner Krebs. Tanner Krebs can do a bit of everything. Just call them perimeter players. I'm cool with that over there. I don't have to run nothing for him. He can still affect the game in, in, in his small minutes, right? The point guard situation, I like Jason Kadee, mm-hmm. but I can almost see him in a role similar to Kyle Attenham once a pure point guard comes in. I'm not saying any point guard, because I trust Jason Kadee. But if I can get a guy with some class like a Derek Walton Jr. or Jalen Adams to, t- to put him out there, because what happens is when Jason Kadee goes off the court, who's my point guard? Sobey, I'm nervous. Uh, Sobey is great in his lane. Sobey running the floor in transition, he can get hot, he can get streaky from three. But to run the team, I think soby's more wired to finish. So if I'm getting me another guard, a lead guard, where I can play him sometimes with JKD, or just bring JKD off the bench, absolutely, I'm I'm taking a guard.
0: I, I say fiction. And I wish they had a pure point guard import on that team. That guy really Tyler Johnson, that spot needed to be that. And I said it all off season and I was constantly saying to Sam McKinnon, is it a point guard? Is it a point guard? Is it a point guard? And he was like, I know you really think we should have a point guard. And they bring in a combo guard and it's a shame. He's a high level player and he's a genuine bucket. And I think we're going to see the better of him in the second half of the season, but that's who they've got now. So for me, it's Tyler Johnson, it's Sobe, it's Kadee. And from at this point, it is what it is. You throw another high level guard into that mix and I'm not sure what's going to be going on on that in that perimeter backcourt group. For me, <laughs> it needs to be a three, four who can guard Xavier Cooks, can guard Mitch Creek, can guard Robert Franks. Like There are some high level fours around this league. And DJ Mitchell, whilst I like him and I know he can put some points on the board, I don't think he can do that right now at the defensive end. And they're getting eaten up at that spot. So for me, it was a little trick one because I was going the other direction. But I respect what you think as well. I think that they need to bring in a four. Illawarra, I I said this on NBL Overtime, and maybe it's a bit harsh. But Illawarra are currently the NBL's get right team. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you come in, no matter how you're playing, no matter where your team confidence is at, you play the Hawks and you'll get right. Yeah, unfortunately, that is 100% fact. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, yeah, you know, what can I say? Here, here we go right now. Do you want some balanced feedback right now, Liam, on your huddle podcast? Don't or do you me. want me to tell
0: you? I'll hey,
1: hey, the Illawarra Hawks right now, and I feel for my man, Matt Campbell, And I feel for that city. I feel for all those, because I've lived there. I know. And they just do not have the personnel. Now, on paper, it looks like they got better personnel to compete with. Mm -hmm. But this is what I'm talking about when it comes down to recruiting character guys. Anybody can look good walking around in the airport. Anybody can look good driving around in your sponsored car. But how do you look? When you're on a six-game losing streak and you're down 20 or you're down 10. How do you look now? That's the test. And right now the Hawks fail that test every single time. Now, let's just go back to Perth. They had Perth. But if you watch the last five minutes of that game in Perth, you will see the very things that's the reason why they struggle to win a game. They don't know where the ball should go. They don't have a lead point guard. And if Justin Robinson was healthy, man, things would be way different. That dude was class. Okay. Right. But they don't, they rudderless, Now that Payton is there. He'll bring some direction to the ship. Yep. But I'm looking at guys like George King. What are we doing? Hmm. George, I was hoping he was going to play like the night King from the game of thrones and really just be vicious, but you're in and out and you're mostly out. You can't stay out of foul trouble. You can't trouble to score. I don't think you had a, a, a big game since one, the one, Perth game. In Perth. That, that, Perth in game. that was it. You know what I mean? So you're the import. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm looking at Sam Froling. Which like, which one gonna show up? Like Sam, come on, man. Last year you was the fourth option. This this could be your. This is it. Yeah. And Sam comes and goes. Ding ding comes in. swackle the bullet. I was expecting way more out of you. It was your call to leave Sydney because you said you had an offensive package. Where is it? You know it. Don't even look like it. Go go all for twelve. Show me that you're trying. So, unfortunately, all that, you put it all in the mix, Liam, and they are everybody's get-right team.
0: Yeah, they have been. They have been. Uh, Brisbane came in on a five-game lose. Oh, and oh, five, and they beat them twice. And Melbourne came in after losing a couple, and they beat them in overtime. And Adelaide used it as a bit of a get-right game over the weekend. I've seen some positive signs recently. Peyton Seaver into the mix, as you say. And there is a little bit more kind of direction now within that group on the floor. Sam Frolling had an excellent game against Melbourne United. Was it a, it was double OT that they went down in that game. It could have been a, a, a get right game of their own. If they had been able to just get over the top and they weren't uncompetitive in that game against Adelaide either. So I'm starting to see some signs, but at one and eight, um, Boy, they're going to have to have a massive couple of weeks here straight out of the break to, uh, to turn anything around here. Last one. The Wildcats have all the pieces they need to win the title. They just need to bring it all together.
1: You're saying they just need to bring it all together. What does that mean, Liam? That is very vague.
0: All right. Let me explain it. I feel fact on this. I feel fact. I wouldn't pick them by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that they have the pieces. Brady Manick needs to be what he was the other night, game in, game out. A guy who knocks down Mm -hmm. threes.
1: Todd
0: Mm -hmm. Blanchfield needs to step up and play and be a double digit scorer like we've seen in previous years. And Mitch Mm -hmm. Norton needs to get back to being like a, a guy who impacts games at with his defense and with his hustle and with his attack on the rim, those three pieces in particular, I think Tashawn Thomas is going to get there. I believe in him. I think he's going to be a good piece for them, but they need, but beside Bryce, they need that. Those two other scorers, Nick Kay and Todd Blanchfield. Uh, sorry, Nick Kay and Rico. Why that right now is Brady Mannick and Todd Blanchfield. So Mm -hmm. they just need everybody to be doing what they're supposed to be doing within their role. And what I think we all know each of those guys is capable of doing, and it will bring that group together to the point where they are a championship contender.
1: Okay. Here's why I'm going to say fiction. I agree with everything you said, but I just think there's more that they need. Yes, they have the personnel, Mm -hmm. but this particular personnel grouping Needs to be put in better situations. So, this is my critical coaching hat. I don't feel like the, what they're doing, what they're running, is conducive to getting guys involved on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, you can see a Todd Blanchfield one game have a 25, the mm-hmm. next game have zero. Mm. You can see a Corey Webster might have one point one game, next game he might have 18. Why is it such a – why is it like this? Mm. And I'm looking at what they're doing, and I'm thinking if you tweak – and I ain't saying, like, the flex offense is great for Bryce. Can I get somebody else coming off that flex cut? But I saw a couple of different wrinkles that they did in that game where Tayshon got some more touches inside and let him be a bit more of a threat. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Brady Manick can get up and down the floor, but see defensively, who's the defensive guys on that team mm. outside of Norto? Outside of Nordo, they can cause havoc on defense, mm-hmm. they, turn, they can transition that into offense, who are the rest of the guys? Luke Travis is just cruising along mm-hmm. with all that talent. Just cruising along, Liam. So mm-hmm. I think they need to, and let me just back up one more second. The good thing about what they came out and did in Adelaide is they said, damn it, enough is enough. <laughs> players only meeting, players only meeting. What is this? And they all picked up the intensity. Now, it, does it take a losing streak like that to have a players' meeting? It makes me think, well, what was you guys thinking was the problem two, three weeks ago? So they've turned the corner intensity-wise. Can they maintain it? If so, then I can see them climbing up that ladder, creeping into that spot.
0: Great call. I love what you're saying there about Todd Blanchfield in particular. He's a system guy. Sean Dennis system in Townsville had him coming off those pinder. he knew exactly where he was going to get his shots most improved player all NBL second team a bit more of a read and react a high ball screen system where you sit in a corner in Melbourne United and Sydney no wasn't working for Todd Blanchfield then he comes Illawarra a little bit better he comes to Perth with Trevor Gleeson coming off the flex cuts and the pin downs and he has what was a, essentially a career year Three seasons ago, and then last season and this year, as you say, much more up and down. Because I don't think he knows where his shots are coming from, any particular time down the floor. Yeah, you're bang on. All that's right, that's why hey, I win. The that's a wrap, my man. A bit of fact, a bit of fiction. We're all still trying to get our head around what has been a wild season to this point. Teams lose by 41 night, and they come back and win by 40 the next. It's a little ridiculous, and we're doing our best to get our heads around it, but. We've got two weeks now to kind of start making sense of it. And it's going to be fascinating to see how these teams come out of this break and and who by resting up a few guys or getting going hard at it on the practice floor, who comes out firing after this break. And I can't wait to see it, how it all plays out. Thanks for the chat, man. Awesome to chop it up.
1: Anytime your number pops up on my phone, I know it's on. (laughs) Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Speak soon.